Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast, providing you with insightful commentary and developments in the world of healthcare leadership. To learn more, visit ACHE.org. And without further ado, your host. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by LifePoint Behavioral Health. Kindred Behavioral Health is now LifePoint Behavioral Health. The specialized partnership expertise you trust from Kindred has been expanded to meet growing patient needs and relieve ED capacity strains. Visit lifepointbehavioralhealth.net to learn more. All right, our guest today is Dr. Joanne Conroy. She is the president and CEO of Dartmouth Health in Lebanon, New Hampshire, and she's been a vocal advocate for increasing the role of women in leadership. She is a founding member of Women of Impact, a group of healthcare executives addressing complex problems in the industry. Her recent national and regional awards and honors include the 2021 Stephen Schroeder Award for Outstanding Healthcare CEO given by LeapFrog Group. And in 2022, she was named the 2022 Citizen of the Year by the New Hampshire Union Leader. Also in 2022, Dr. Conroy was ranked number 18 on Modern Healthcare Magazine's list of 100 Most Influential People in Healthcare. She was also named to the list in 2018, and she was included on the magazine's inaugural listing of women leader luminaries in 2019. She was named to the American Hospital Association's Board of Trustees in 2019, and in 2022 was named chair-elect to serve as chair of the AHA board in 2024. Dr. Conroy also will be co-presenting the Masters of Executive Leadership session at ACHE's 2023 Congress on Healthcare Leadership, which will take place March 20th through the 23rd in Chicago. Dr. Conroy will be presenting with John Halpert. He is the president and CEO of Grady Health System in Atlanta. They will share how they have successfully guided their organizations through unprecedented challenges in healthcare. You can register for Congress today at ACHE.org slash Congress. All right. With that intro, let's hear more about Dr. Conroy and get a little preview of her session. Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast, Dr. Conroy. Thank you, Eric. It's great to be here. Okay. As we like to start out with these, we we want a little background. So can you kind of describe your, your origins in healthcare? How did you become involved in the healthcare field? What actually led you to pursuing an executive position? Well, I'm an anesthesiologist and okay. I entered medical school in 1979 uh, I took two years off between college and medical school because I really wasn't sure I wanted to be a physician. And you know, when I made the decision, I um, made it for a number of reasons. Number one, the kind of intellectual challenge um, approaching healthcare, but also you know the fact that it's an incredible opportunity to provide service. And um, since that time, not only have I practiced as an anesthesiologist, but jumped two feet in into actually being a healthcare leader. Let's talk a little about Dartmouth Health and the community it serves. So in what ways has the delivery of care, would you say, evolved for this population? We are the most rural academic medical center in the country. Wow. And given those circumstances, we have had to adapt how we deliver care according to both the geography and the economics of the area. Hospital at home is great, really hard to pull off six miles down a gravel road with people that have unstable internet. Mm. And we find, even though we have equity issues delivering healthcare across the country, our equity issues really are around significant poverty. And it creates unequal access to care and dramatically different outcomes. 10 miles from my home, you live 10 years less mm. because you live in a different zip code. 
We're going to delve more into some of those challenges. I want a reminder for our listeners that this episode is brought to you by LifePoint Behavioral Health. Kindred Behavioral Health is now LifePoint Behavioral Health. The specialized partnership expertise you can trust from Kindred has been expanded to meet growing patient needs and relieve ED capacity strains. You can visit LifePointBehavioralHealth.net to learn more. Are your upcoming session at Congress is going to focus on, we were just talking about navigating tough situations uh, within healthcare. So, can you share maybe some more examples um, at your organization where you had to guide it through a particular challenge? And then maybe this is giving a little preview <laughs> into what attendees will see during your, your presentation on this topic at Congress. Well, I think every single CEO can say that the 2020 time period when we were kind of making it up as we were going along, as we were emerging from COVID, taught us about certain aspects of both our leadership and organization that we probably didn't appreciate were really powerful. Um, I would say most organizations depended on their incident command structure to make decisions quickly. And what was fascinating, if you look at those groups, they were very diverse and leaders were not normal leaders. They were leaders that happened to be assigned to the incident commander role for that time. Normally, incident command goes about 48 hours. Uh, this one went four to six months. And the that diverse group of leaders made incredible decisions quickly. So I think it emphasized the importance of diversity. I would say that in terms of my leadership um, contributions, it's actually being able to step away and let your team lead. Just sometimes you only have to insert yourself for those really tough decisions that may be above an incident command pay grade, like shutting down all of our elective procedures. But other than that, you know, we just stepped away and did not get involved and did not micromanage and did not even show up to cramp their style. But just our goal was to support them. And that's actually probably one of the real essences of leadership that we all should learn and appreciate. Hmm. So more on that, you know, you're talking about 2020 um, and some of the effects and something we've talked a lot about on this podcast is the wellness for our healthcare workforce. Um, what steps, and it's great to have you on this uh, this episode, what steps should organizations take to improve the well-being of their staff, you know, from 2020 and then the effects of what we're seeing today? People are still exhausted and healthcare workers are exhausted. And they haven't had a long period of time where they can just breathe and recover. Appreciating that time will heal a lot of that. What are the other things we can do? We call them removing the pebbles from the shoe that are irritants that, um, that in this time period, um, we have to be a lot more diligent about our dressing because we don't have the equilibrium or um, resilience to actually roll with challenges like maybe we did three years ago. So there are things like giving physicians and other providers the autonomy to identify and fix the problems in their area. It's giving them flexibility in their scheduling. It's appreciating that people are pretty productive at home. And how can you make sure that everybody has access to some time out of the office as well as time in the office? And that's upending how we think about scheduling healthcare from our nursing staff, which we have been married to 12-hour shifts. They want more freedom. 
and our physician staff, uh, face-to-face hours with patients are not the only way we should actually be measuring their productivity now. So we really had to rethink our workforce, how to keep them engaged and how to give them back the power of controlling their lives. You know, we referenced it a lot in your intro. You have been such a big role model for women in healthcare. Uh, what are some of the top issues, maybe some top of mind things for women in management and C-suite positions that you're seeing? It's having equal opportunity. And um, many people say, well, we've been working on equal opportunity for years. Mm-hmm. But Actually, we haven't necessarily gotten it right in the upper levels of management. I find that sometimes people make assumptions about what women leaders can and can't do. And my uh, mantra is never make an assumption. If a woman has four kids at home, that may mean she's incredibly organized and multitasks like a bandit, and she would be the right person for the job. But I find sometimes people make an assumption that they don't have the time or the energy for a promotion. And that is totally inappropriate to make that assumption. I would say the second um, aspect of it is really developing in leadership and leadership and mentorship programs. We have a lot of programs and we have for everybody and we have informal mentorship programs that just developed for a lot of our male colleagues and many of that, many of those programs actually focus around, you know, sports or shared activities. We need to create the same type of mentorship network for women. Um, and when we do, and we have created them here, they flock to it. They are hungry for mentorship. And we just have to think creatively about how to create those networks with and for women. We always talk a lot about what are those repeatable positives and, you know, you just said mentorship programs are working really well. Anything else that you can think of that's top of mind for you that ways leaders can help advocate for women at their organization? Well, this is how any man or woman leader can advocate for women is to be a sponsor. You may say, well, how's a sponsor different from a mentor? But a sponsor will be that person that knows your skills, knows your talents, and puts your name forward when a position is open. The sponsor is the person who's in the room where you are not in the room. And when they say we have a task, they say, I think Jane Smith would be a great person to consider for that. And they advocate for you. That is incredibly important. And men can do that for women. And men do that very well. Um, They just have to be told that we need them to do it. Um, I I have actually put a lot of names forward for women in leadership, and I have never been disappointed by their ability to deliver. And um, it gives the sponsor an incredible um, kind of positive uh, feeling because you've helped somebody's career in a measurable way. And um, that's a gift that keeps on giving back to you. And it all comes back to what you were talking about earlier, you know, the wellness of our healthcare workforce and different ways to improve that. I know we're just giving um, our audience sort of a preview of, of Congress here, but I do want to ask you, you know, what advice do you have for physicians and clinicians who are making a move to leadership positions? 
Well, I give a lot of advice to both men and women. And uh, there are two things that I talk to them about. Number one is make sure that they are ready to assume both personal and professional risk. When you move into leadership, it's a whole different environment. And you may be asked to leave an organization because of a reorganization, um, because of a restructuring, and it's actually part of the world of executives. So people have to be prepared for that. And um, they have to be prepared then for the consequences of that. No risk, um, no reward without risk. The second thing is people actually have to be prepared to move. There are a lot of people that can move up within their own organization, but those opportunities are actually more limited than people may think. So people have to think about moving. Now, I know a lot of people that have uh, long distance relationships, and I understand all the challenges, you know, with that. Um, but sometimes you have to move to move up. And um, as uncomfortable as it is, that's got to be part of the consideration when you interview for a job and um, an understanding with your partner about what that might mean for your personal life. Well, I love this preview here. And, and just a reminder to the audience, you can, of course, hear more from Dr. Conroy at ACHE's 2023 Congress on Healthcare Leadership that will take place March 20th through the 23rd in Chicago. To learn more and to register, please visit ACHE.org slash Congress. Dr. Conroy, thank you so much. What a great discussion we had. Thank you, Eric. And a reminder, one more word for thanks for LifePoint Behavioral Health. Kindred Behavioral Health is now LifePoint Behavioral Health. The specialized partnership expertise you trust from Kindred has been expanded to meet growing patient needs and relieve ED capacity strains. Visit lifepointbehavioralhealth.net to learn more. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Healthcare Executive Podcast from ACHE. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Healthcare Executive Podcast, brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. And for more information, find us online at ache.org.